Welcome, everybody. We're listening to Two Massage Therapists and a Microphone. My name is Amanda, registered massage therapist in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And today we're talking to another repeat guest. We're talking to our friend Rebecca from Utah, and she has been on the podcast before. Uh, she is a mindset and business strategy coach for massage therapists, and she helps them to build thriving massage therapy practices. So some of you may have seen some of the stuff she does on social media, her Facebook Lives, and uh, she wanted to come on today to talk about a bunch of things, but particularly money mindset for massage therapists, which I think is really important. Even just a, a podcast I recorded earlier today, I had a massage therapist say to me, you know, I, there's a fine line between marketing yourself and being pushy. And I was like, oh, I have so much to say, but that's not the point of our of our topic today. So Rebecca, that is the point of our discussion today. So why don't you introduce yourself briefly? I mean, most of our listeners probably already know who you are, but go ahead. So my name is Rebecca Diazavedo Overson, and I'm only saying that because I'm probably going to go back to my maiden name, which is Rebecca Diazavedo. So brace yourselves. It's a hard one to say. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I became a licensed massage therapist in 1995. When I was 18 years old, I struggled and failed for about eight years. I'm mean, very skilled, you know, but just did not know how to make money. So I quit massage. And then I came back a couple of years later and I built a thriving practice almost overnight. It was a very successful practice. I ran that for nine years and then I sold it. And I now full-time am dedicated to elevating this industry. How I do that is through a Facebook group that's got over 11,000 members at the time of this recording. It's called The Art of Building a Successful Massage Practice. And then I also have an eight-week, very high-level business coaching program for massage therapists that are really serious about doing what they love and making a living doing it, or selective about the people that we work with because we're very fanatical about getting results, like measurable growth results very quickly for massage therapists that are in private practice or want to be in private practice. And you want people that are very serious because otherwise you're just spinning your wheels, wasting your time. Yeah. I think there are a lot of people in this industry that do it because they love it, but they really don't need to make a living secondary income or it's just non-essential income. They don't, they don't have that, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how committed are you? It's like a 12, you know, they, they don't, they're kind of like, it's like a seven, a six, a four, you know, they just kind of want to do it because they like to and they can but I really only work with people that there's just no other option for them, you know, either by choice or in reality, they're just like, I, I have to make this work. My back is against the wall. I've got to fix these problems or I've got to generate income, you know, so, so I have to make sure that I'm working with the right type of people so that we can get the results that we get. I know that you and Mark already sort of dove into sort of what you do and why you do it. But today specifically, you wanted to talk about this idea of money mindset. Ultimately, you know, as I have spoken with literally hundreds of my massage therapists, not only just online, but applications that we go through for my program and these calls that we offer for clarity and purpose and all that. It's become really, really clear to me that there is a problem in this industry, which is that we have a lot of very heart-centered, giving, spiritual-minded people. That's what this industry tends to attract. And we also have a lot of people that are barely making a living. Really what my outcome I think would be for today is to get people to think a little bit differently about maybe some of the things they haven't thought to think of when it comes to succeeding as a massage therapist, succeeding in business for yourself is measured by money. I mean, like a successful business is measured by its financial health. I saw actually one of the other business coaches, I want to say it was Scott Lindquist, but I can't remember. Um, one of them 
made a joke about, you know, like it's it's all well and good when you get into a profession like this, that you get into it for these reasons of I want to help people. I want to, you know, I want to make an impact. I want to change people's lives. Like, that's all great. But he said, you know, try, you know, telling the phone company, like, I'll I'll pay you with the number of people I've helped today, something like that. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's totally okay to still be that good person that wants to help people, but also totally okay. And you probably should want to make a successful living out of it. So I don't understand why so many therapists are sort of afraid of asking for business. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody knows that this this is our career. This is our business. So why is it shameful to ask for business or to want to make money doing what we do? I don't get it. So I really do like what you do. And I want you to sort of walk me through it and the people listening, like what are some things you think need to change with our mindset or what are some tips and pieces of advice you give to therapists when it comes to this mindset? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that. It's so, it's so true because um, that's exactly what I'm pointing to. That's just a disease in this industry, which is some flavor of this concept that money is evil or money is bad or to need money or want money makes you greedy. That somehow collecting a good fee for my service devalues the service that I did. I love the work I do. I love, and I'm now retired from hands-on work, but I loved doing body work. And I love what I do now, you know, coaching and consulting, mentoring. I love it so much. And I see so many people that feel, have some belief, something in there. And that's what I'd like to kind of sniff the proverbial rat out of the wood box is, you know, what is it about that? Why is it that massage therapists get weird about money? We're just freaking weird about it. You know, <laughs> I think there's a couple of reasons why I think imposter syndrome is a very real thing that plagues any service-based industry, but particularly a lot of massage therapists who really know what the full breadth of possibilities are for helping people to heal. I went to school for six months. I know in Canada, it's like two years. Hey, that's not a degree. So there, there's a, a little bit of this feeling of I'm not like a doctor, so I can't really help people. You know You know what, though, even even with the amount of education that RMTs have here in Ontario, that does exist as well. I never I've never heard somebody say that. I've never thought about that. Actually, you're you're sort of giving me this like light bulb moment, even though we have all this education because of the way massage therapists are viewed, even here in Ontario with the amount of education, I think a lot of therapists do still have this sort of, what did you call it? Imposter syndrome. But it's like a, it's like an, it's like an inferiority thing. Like we believe that because we're not doctors, because massage therapists don't have a university degree that, you know, it's almost as if we can't be confident enough to tell a client or a patient exactly what it is they need. It's like they'll listen to their doctor, but their massage therapist, no, I'm going to tell you what I need and you're just going to do it for me. It's very bizarre. Totally. And so, I mean, that's, that's, that's huge. And I think it's also a function of, I don't know about you, Amanda, but when I went to school and I loved anatomy and physiology and pathology and all of that stuff and everything that I was learning, I just soaked up and couldn't get enough of it. But, you know, everybody has this experience of the more you learn, the more you realize how much you don't know, where we go, gosh, I know so much, but oh my gosh, now I'm aware of how much I actually don't know. Mm -hmm. And it just feeds into that inferiority complex. You know, part of what my mission is and what I'm doing here is that I believe that massage therapists will never be taken seriously until they are making serious, a serious mm -hmm. living. Respectable wages respectable wages. I'm not proud of $12 an hour. I'm not proud of that. You know, you go to some franchise or, you know, something and, you know, you're, you're 12, 15, 18, $20 an hour. Mm -hmm. I, I make more as a bartender, quite frankly. I feel like 
why I got so passionate about teaching massage therapists how to build their own businesses is because you can make way more money working for yourself, but you have to do way more work. But just that idea of a respectable wage where you can raise a family, you can raise a, you know, like you need to be making, if you're trying to raise a family in most parts of this country, at least, you know, developed first world countries like North America, where we live, you got to be making at least 80, if not a hundred thousand dollars a year or Mm -hmm. more just to like be comfortable. And so those numbers scare so many people. I, uh, and massage therapists obviously very much so tend to be number phobic, um, because we're very right brained, creative, helping, healing, spiritual, visionary people that when it comes to numbers, I just want a lot, a lot of massage therapists just want to puke, you know, they're just like, well, I don't don't want to look at that. I don't want to be focused on that. Oh, my brain, my brain literally just stops working sometimes when people start talking numbers to me, like when my accountant is spewing numbers at me, I'm like, yeah, and stop. I can't, I just can't. So I agree with you. I don't, I don't love numbers. um, But it is important to know them. It's important to know your own numbers and be realistic. Before you, before you continue, I have a question for you. As you were saying, you know, to massage therapists need to earn a respectable wage and, you know, working for yourself is the way to do it, but not everyone wants to do that. How do you combat people who will say to you, because I guarantee a lot of people are thinking this, it's not even about how much you make per hour. It's also the fact that massage therapists, most of them can't physically work 40 hours a week. So how how do you respond to people with that mentality? Well, it's interesting because I have long time been a champion of this, the cause of we need to freaking raise our rates. I want to go crazy when I hear that massage therapists are charging $40 an hour. Who is charging for maybe in Utah? I've had graduates in the UK and Australia, New Zealand, Canada, United States, all over the world. And again, you know, we're talking different economies and things like that. But still, like even in the United States, when I see or hear about massage therapists that are charging even like $65 an hour, I think... I was literally charging that in 1998. That was 20 years ago. And for the most part, I have not really seen the median rates for massage therapy services go up with private practitioners. Mm -hmm. I think that's because they go, well, I'm not a big spa, so I don't have all the overhead. And I'm like, bull crap, you do. You have overhead. It's called your life. It's called your kid's college fund. (laughs) You know, right? Okay. So your question was, you know, no massage therapist does like 30, 40 hands-on hours a week, right? But here's how I calculate it. Most full-time massage therapists are going to be seeing about 20 clients a week, 20 to 25. Um, Let's say they're doing hour sessions. And then let's say you've got 15 minutes in between each appointment if you're like really good at flipping your table and checking out your clients and things like that, right? So so that's going to take you, I don't know, I'm just doing off the top of my head, but it could take you about 30 hours a week to see 20 clients. And then I always teach my students, you've got to spend at least 10 hours a week working on your business to so spend 30 hours a week working in it as the technician, as the operator, as the massage therapist, right? But you do need to spend at least 10 hours a week working on your business so that you can manage it, run it, grow it. So that's the 40-hour traditional full week of work that people do. But remember that you have to raise the only time you're getting paid or generating revenue is when you're seeing clients. So that's where it breaks down when therapists go, I'm going to charge $70 or $60 an hour. I go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you're working 40 hours a week, right? You you just do the math. Is they're not considering getting themselves compensated for all the hours that they are working on their business as well. And so they're only thinking about what do I think my clients will pay per hour, which is totally backwards. Let's say, uh, let's say you're doing 20 hands on hours a week times 4.5 weeks a month. Okay. So that's 90 sessions a month. 
Okay. Let's say if you're, you know, full-time 20 hours a week consistently, that's 90 sessions a month. Okay. But it takes you really, it takes you 40 hours to do that. Okay. So hold on. I'm just doing math on my calculator here. So 40 hours a week times 4.5 weeks a month, that's actually 180. We just have to double it, right? That's 180 hours of work a month. Say you're charging uh, $65 an hour. So for 90 sessions, your gross revenue is only $5,850 that you're pulling in for 20 hands-on hours a week, okay? Most people go, oh, I'm making 65 bucks an hour. No, you're not. You don't make 65 bucks an hour. Your business does, right? I mean, when was the last time a car salesman sold a $10,000 car and made $10,000 off of that? So then you take that 58.50 a month, and now I'm dividing it by 180 hours because that's how much time you're actually working. 32.50 an hour, of which you need to pay yourself about half of that. Now you're making 17 an hour. You may as well go work at a franchise. Seriously. Right. Okay. So it's just the lack of like the, the willingness to lean into the discomfort of the numbers, but numbers always tell the truth. So numbers will scare the crap out of you, but they'll also empower the crap out of you because I, I notice I'm like censoring my swear words because I've taken on a commitment oh, to like you not are, curse you are anymore. Show. <laughs> so I know, right. I've just noticed that I'm like, when do I say crap? You know, I'm just exercising my, my, <laughs> my own muscle to censor my language slightly, but they just don't, they just don't think. And that's, that's why I struggled for so many years as a massage therapist, because I did not know how to think about the numbers. I just, I thought, well, 65 an hour, that's a lot of money. But you are really only paying yourself 15 to 17 of those dollars based on the calculations I just ran through. What I'm hearing from you is a few things that people should probably like pause, listen back and really take this in. One, you need to make the plan where, as you said, if you're going to be doing 20 hands-on hours a week, you need to make sure you're factoring in time to put in at a minimum, as you said, 10 hours a week where you're working on your business. Because those 20 hours a week will not stay consistent if you're not putting the time and effort in to grow the business. And that, that I mean, you're being even conservative by saying 10 hours. It probably is going to take more. But let's say at a minimum, 10 hours a week. So now you're working, as you said, 30 hours a week at least. And then, yeah, you need to make sure that your rates are reflecting that. Like if you're only actually having your hands on people for 20 of the 30 or 40 hours you work, then you're doing a lot of work for free. And that's when it's going to start to feel like, well, shit, is this even worth my time anymore? Like, right. And that's the burnout. That is the burnout, which is I'm working way too hard and I'm not making enough money. And it's also that terror of not knowing. It's the terror of gosh, I go, 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 go. And then at the end of the year, I look and I go, I only made $30,000 this year. What? It's so insulting. I, I busted my butt. Mm. I, I, you know, I did all of these things, but, but it's the only way we get paid is with the hands-on work. And so if your rates are too low, you'll never make enough money. And that's why most massage therapists live barely around the poverty level. It's mm. crazy to me. We weren't put here to survive. We were put here to thrive. And the thing that that upsets me the most, Amanda, is who is holding us down is us. Who mm -hmm. is depressing us as an industry is us because we're too scared or we're too ignorant. And I don't mean that like ignorant, but you know, of the numbers, you just don't know, you just don't understand how the numbers have to have to play out. Or it's just, you know, that confusion about, you know, it's not okay to make a lot of money. I have been very very poor. I have been very, I have, you know, literally had two children in diapers living off of dehydrated food storage food. Okay. Like I have lived in hard times and I've also had amazing abundance and I far prefer the wealthy version of myself to the poor version of myself. 
I have been able to do so much more and express so many of my gifts in the world when I know that I don't have to worry is the rent going to get paid, right? And so that's the thing that I want people to understand is you have to have financial security to give your gifts to the world. You know, we look at these amazing people like Yogananda or even in the Bible, Jesus and all these different historians. These guys had financiers. (laughs) They had people that supported them. There's a lot of evidence that Jesus lived as like a king that had like people that actually completely funded that dude's life. And same with Yogananda. Yogananda had mansions because all these wealthy people supported this Indian dude in robes who was teaching yoga and enlightenment and all this stuff. He was not sitting on the streets begging. He lived in a freaking palace in Southern California. It's like with anything, like people, people take things so very literally, like since you brought up the Bible, people take things so very literally that yes, on one hand, you want to live believing that money can't buy you happiness and money isn't the key to happy. And yes, I'm on board with that. Money isn't going to buy you happiness, but it buys everything else. And you can't, you can't function in the world. You can't, as you said, you can't take care of other people. You can't do what you need to do if you don't have any money. I like, I I would like someone to argue on that, that you can, you can be the best version of yourself with zero dollars. You can't. And you know, as my sister says, and I come from a whole family of entrepreneurs, I have five sisters and three brothers. <laughs> um, I'm one of nine kids and we are all entrepreneurs. One of my sisters, she said, you know, money doesn't buy happiness, but it solves all of the problems caused by not having money. Of course it can. Because as you said, you're stressed. You're fi- trying to figure out like, am I going to be able to pay for my my kids' clothes? Am I going to be able to put food on the table? Am I going to be able to pay my mortgage? Like these these things contribute to your happiness and well-being. It's it's interesting. In any other, other industry, it just doesn't add up. There are no lawyers out there that are like, you know, I just kind of do this for fun. That's the number one reason why I do what I do is because I realize that is a problem that we need to solve and it needs to come from within. And massage therapists need, need not only the tools, like the actual structure around a business, because uh, if you don't have structure around your business, it's just an expensive hobby. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you have to have structure around it to scale it, which means to, to that's, you know, entrepreneurs speak for like growing, g- leveraging something. Um, you have to have a structure around it. And a lot of massage therapists just literally do not know what to do in order to get clients or retain clients or, or manage their cash flow or things like that. But the other piece that is really the engine behind anybody's success is mindset. Because look, Amanda, if you at some level now, now here's, okay, let me just say this. The pernicious thing about mindset is that it's unconscious. All behavior is unconscious. You're not conscious of until right now of your back sitting against the chair, right? That was unconscious. I I drive a stick shift, right? Like you're not going third, fourth, third, fifth. Yeah. (laughs) It's all patterned and unconscious. And by the way, most of our decisions about ourselves and our lives and how the world is and how the world works, including money is firmly in place by the time we're about seven years old. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we've we did three episodes. We did a series on this where I talked about um, learning to sort of tap into your subconscious mind because all behavior is controlled by things that are completely unconscious. They're controlled by your habits, not conscious. They're controlled by your attitudes. Attitudes, yes, like whether you have a positive or negative attitude towards something is a learned behavior. But as you said, you learn that very early on. Um, some of it may be a little bit later than seven, but even still, you're not even you're not even conscious of it most of the time. Your beliefs, that's put there by somebody. It's a learned thing. And expectations, your expectations, where do they come from? They come from things that have happened in your past that are stored in your subconscious. 
So all of your behavior is completely controlled by all of these things that you're not even aware of. Right. And therefore, all of the change has to be at a subconscious level. You can teach someone, let's say, how to get clients or how to, you know, how to fill their schedules, right? But if they have a belief deep down inside at the subconscious level that they don't deserve success or that they're, um, you know, a bad girl or a bad boy or, or that, oh my gosh, if I, if I, um, gosh, if my schedule gets so full, then I won't have the freedom that I have anymore. Foot on the gas and a foot on the brake. It's like they want to, oh, I want to succeed. I want to build a practice. I want to be known for my contribution in the world. I want to make a living. I want to be comfortable. But they do have 1% of doubt in there equals 100% self sabotage. And that's why I keep saying, you know, you don't need information, guys. You need transformation. Information out there is great. But you, if you, you're only limited, you're, you're limited by the amount of information that you can take in because information doesn't cause results. Information is just information. But if it doesn't bypass or doesn't address what is unconsciously holding you back, then it's literally just information that you're not going to do anything with. So I've seen a lot of therapists running around out there buying all the books and taking all the courses and things like that as if what they need is more information. And I'm like, no, actually, what we need to do is get rid of that 1% doubt that is causing all the self-sabotage and then all the things that you're doing are going to work. So when I say mindset and money mindset, I mean, it really is like we also have to work just as hard in that in the in the gym of our minds, you know, as we do in the gym of our bodies and, and things like that, you know, we have to be able to pay attention to what it is that we're not paying attention to that's actually running the whole show. And I think it's such a tricky thing for people because it's not something that they can easily access. No, and it's and it's very uncomfortable because if you've been living this way with this mindset since you were seven years old, you, you don't want to leave. You're comfortable there. It's familiar. And, you know, it can work for you and it can definitely work against you. But I think, you know, again, what we kind of started out talking about is just some of these global, global ideas that I think really hold massage therapists back, which is, first of all, self-promotion is super awkward for people. It goes back to the that fear of, you know, I don't want to come across as being pushy. I don't want to pressure people into an appointment with me. You know, all those negative things that we have when it comes to like sales and marketing. Bottom line, I think that why massage therapists suffer at all ever in business for themselves is because they don't know who they are. Oh, truth bomb. They don't know who they are. And I think I did a Facebook Live on this. I've just been doing these, like, as Mark calls them, quick and dirty pop-up Facebook Lives. <laughs> that is his terminology. I'm just going to get it. I got a fire in my belly and I'm going to speak about it. And sometimes I cry and, some, you know, I just speak from my heart. And But really, like... We have no idea, mostly, we as a human race, we don't walk around connected to our awesomeness. And a lot of people get out of bed because they didn't die in their sleep. They're not connected to the light that they have to give. They're not connected to their purpose. They're not connected to any other possibility for living that's beyond survival and collecting a paycheck. Therefore, they're just floating along or they don't set goals because they're so afraid of failing at something that's important to them that they don't even want to try. They don't want to really go for it. And I'm telling you, if there's anything that I've learned in my 42 years on this planet, it's that you are not doing the world any favors by dimming your light. And by pretending that you're not good enough or you don't have the skills or you're, oh, I'm just a massage therapist, you know, like when I got connected to who I am and what I am here for, and I got way more interested in fulfilling the mission that I was on than all of those stupid, petty fears 
of what are people going to think of me? Are people going to think I'm pushy? Oh, what if I'm too bold? What if I offend people? What if I said, I was like, you know what? And you know what it was, Amanda? One day I realized, Rebecca, your days are numbered. And I don't know. I don't know when, when it's going to be my last day on this planet. But like Eminem, one opportunity <laughs> to seize everything I've ever wanted in one moment. Are you going to capture? Are you going to let it slip? And I just, my depression went away. My issues, my money issues went away. I got out of an abusive relationship I had been in. I, I was just like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm on fire. Let's do this. I'm going to go light the world up. And my corner of the world is massage therapist. And that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm here for right? So that's what I try to model to people in this industry. It's not like, Ooh, Rebecca's awesome. And she's this cool following this really successful program. No, it's about who are you and what are you doing and how can I help you express your gifts in the world? Because that's what the world needs is people that are on fire, not people that are just here to take up space, but people that are here to light up the world. You know, there's so many things that you said, but I just wanted to let you go and let you do it. But a couple of things that I picked out from there, um, one being that people are are definitely afraid of of actually being themselves whether they know who that is or not it's like everybody does just suppress themselves like i i don't even i don't even quite understand it i don't know when it happened or if this has always been happening and it's just it's more noticeable now but i think a big problem is everybody's afraid of what somebody else has to say everybody's afraid of being judged so even if you have this like amazing idea or light as you called it you know that you can do some good in the world and you can help people in some way it's like you suddenly step back and start thinking well is anybody going to take me seriously am i actually good at this do i need to learn more before i do this it's all it's doubt 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 and i don't know if those doubts have been learned or if it's a function of the fact that everybody these days seems to be waiting for somebody to fuck up so they can jump on you and judge you and say mean things about you. It's like the world is just full of bullies these days <laughs> and it makes people afraid. Yeah, it's it's all of that. It's a fear of being seen because the more visible you are, the more, the more vulnerable you are to attack. And we see that in the media. We definitely see that on social media. You know, we see anybody that dares to stick their neck out is risking getting their ass kicked. Anybody, and, and look, even in historical terms, you look at anybody that stood for something and stood for it in a big way was basically murdered. Murdered. Mahatma Gandhi. Look at, you know, you, these people that stand up and stand for a change and stand up and are really unafraid of shining their light in the world. They all have to realize that this could get them killed. This is on a much smaller scale, obviously. But for example, even since doing this, even since doing this podcast, when we first started it, I was definitely a lot more reserved in my opinions and what I had to say, because I know that, well, for one thing, as a massage therapist, you're always taught not to speak about religion or politics, you know, don't be too controversial. But that's with your clients. When doing the podcast, it was like, okay, now I kind of have this platform where I can just speak freely and be me. And still, I wasn't. I was sort of like, okay, I don't want to offend people. There was even one episode we recorded where right afterwards I said to Mark, ooh, like maybe take that piece out. I feel like that's going to piss people off. And I mean, Mark's shaking his head at me right now. He's in the room because he is not that person. Mark is the guy that's just going to be him no matter who that pisses off or who that offends. I mean, that's probably the first thing that attracted me to him was like, this guy just does like legit doesn't give a fuck. Everybody says I don't give a fuck, but they do. But he really doesn't. And I wasn't like that. I wasn't as open as him. And it, it wasn't until more recent episodes when I started just kind of giving my my thoughts and views on things. And I'll be honest with you, there's some people who don't agree with me. There's some people who have not shown me as much love. But it's such a freeing feeling to be like, you know what? 
this this is what I think, though. This is how I feel. And why should I suppress that to not offend you? I mean, there's there's a there's a time and place. I mean, there's a such thing as tact. Don't be an asshole. But I feel like I, you know, I posted a comment. Somebody somebody gave us a, a negative review and said, you know, one, we were too vulgar. Eh, true. And I I just responded back and said, you know what? That is okay. That is okay that you're not a fan. You're just not our people. And I, that is okay because I think that if you appeal to the entire world and if you're trying to appeal to the entire world, you come off as not being genuine and you're likely full of shit. And I don't want to be full of shit. Yep. Totally. But it is it is scary to be vulnerable. I was watching, I didn't finish it, I fell asleep, but I was watching Brene Brown on Netflix and talking about just being vulnerable. And I was thinking about like, what a freeing feeling that would be if everybody could just actually be truthful all the time and just say what they meant and do what they feel. And it would be a very different world that we live in. You know, I have a two and a half year old daughter and she doesn't, she's completely like, I want ice cream. Mommy, hold me. Mom, I have a poopy diaper. Like she just, you know, like the world is what it is. And, and she doesn't have that filter of, of, you know, caring about what other people think. And, and I think that it, it really is hard for massage therapists because number one, you know, and, and a lot of people have now, I'm hoping to hit critical mass here. I have this webinar called five shifts for creating a successful massage practice, even if you're surrounded by competition and people can get access to it through my Facebook group. But one of the things that I constantly teach is why it's so important that you have a niche or niche as our Canadian friends say. Yes. Yes. <laughs> is because you can't be everything to everyone. Number one deadly mistake massage therapists are making out there is trying to help everyone with a pulse. You have to know who your people are. You know, you guys know, I am also a headlining piano entertainer. I have been for a decade. I do all requests dueling piano shows at a local piano bar here in Salt Lake City. I've also been known to hijack stages anywhere I go when I travel. <laughs> so, Love it. you know, it's like, that's a different environment, right? That's it's, it's, Dueling pianos can be very like, you know, crass and, and like raucous and, and crazy. And we make all kinds of dirty jokes and things like that. It's just kind of part of the shtick. And the bar will get like a review of like, the piano players were very offensive. And it's like, yeah, you probably shouldn't come into this bar if you're easily offended. Like this is... This is the nature of the show is we make fun of people. It's, it's a really good time. We'll get some bachelorette up on the stage and make her shake her ass. You know, like <laughs> it's what we do. And this is not a jazz lounge and this is not prim and proper, right? So I call it staying in your own lane. As a massage therapist, that's why it's so important that we know. That's why I said I think of all these problems because we don't know who we are um, on this planet, A. And B, we don't know who we are in the industry. We don't know what we offer that's different from what the next person offers. Or even if we know, I'm sorry to cut you off because this is this has been a theme that's been coming up lately. And Mark and I have briefly talked about it on a couple of the last two recordings where we said we want to record an episode about massage bullies. Like there are so many therapists and there's all of these Facebook groups and people go on and they will post something that they're excited about, you know, a course they took or some new modality or a course they're teaching or, hey, guys, look at this research I found. And people jump all over them. It's like suddenly if you don't if you if you don't have beliefs that are in line with another practitioners, they're completely wrong and everything they say now should be discredited. And I just I just really dislike that about our industry. Like let people be who they are. They will attract their people. You stay in your fucking lane. Be who you are. Attract your people. 
and stop fighting with each other because it it's not getting anybody anywhere. We're not helping our profession in any way by screaming at each other. No, it's so true. So that's, you know, the, really that piece of that fear of sticking your neck out. And, and really, it's a fear of being seen. Because then once you're seen, then you have to be responsible for who you are and what you're putting out there. And believe me, for a long time, there are a lot, I mean, gosh, I shouldn't say this because now a bunch of people are going to go try and find me on YouTube. I, I was afraid to step up as this mindset coach and this business coach and doing what I do because I thought, you know what, people might find my like footage. Now, I do some really filthy, nasty, dirty gangster rap at the piano, which is kind of hilarious for those that appreciate that and see that. But to see this skinny white chick at a piano doing like Chris Brown and like Busta Rhymes and... <laughs> Like, you have you have no idea, by the way, the minute I get home, I am looking up your YouTube <laughs> Really? But there was this part of me that thought, oh my gosh, I could get so much criticism for that. People could call me racist. People could call me a misogynistic, you know, like just, just think I'm a person of lesser moral character because I, I get a little filthy on stage. Well, again, that's my job. Like those are not my opinions. I'm literally quoting lyrics that I've just memorized. I have no idea what half of the stuff even means. Right. But you know, it's, I really, truly, that held me back for a long time. Cause I thought, I thought, well, gosh, what if these people see me on stage and I, it's a total different persona that comes out and I'm like this super chill, healing, mellow person in like my real life, you know, but it was that fear of people criticizing me. And finally I was just like, no, this is who I am. This is all of me. This isn't, that's just not who I am. It's what I do. You know, it's, it's some of the things that I, that I do, but I think it, it just, again, goes back to knowing at a core level, being secure in yourself, because anything that haters come out and say about you only hurts you if it is what you actually believe about you. And I've been blessed, you know, to do so much of my own inner work. I swear this is like the top priority and has been for 20 years is doing my own inner work that I know that really nobody can hurt me. Like they can say whatever they say. And if it hurts, it's because I'm the one that's believing it already. So that just is a radar, like a little beacon for me to go, Hey, Rebecca, there's some lie you're still believing about yourself. When a graduate or a student or a critic comes out and says you this and that, if it hurts me, it's because that is already what I'm thinking. And they're just being that mirror for me. I love that. And that's exactly exactly what I, I think you just put it more eloquently than I do, but exactly what I try to teach people is that you can, people are going to, are going to disagree with you. People are going to judge you. People are going to say things about you, but you have the choice how to react. You have the choice whether it is going to affect you and dull your light, or if you're just going to say, okay, you're not uh, in line with me. And that's, that's okay. That's okay. Actually, let me bring a little bit of a little bit more rigor to what you said. We don't choose how we react. That is completely unconscious. So, you know, but, but it's a, it's a, an awareness to go, wow, that really triggered some anger in me. So the reaction is not a choice. It is programmed and it's unconscious, but you always are at cause in how you respond. You can stay stuck in that. You can, there's all a lot of different tunnels you could go down with a reaction, but you always have a choice at how you're going to deal with yourself at post reaction or, or how you're going to, how you're going to reply. That I think is important is that yes, a lot of us is machinery, very, very programmed by the time we're seven, but, but we do have a conscious prefrontal cortex. We do have the ability to wake up and say, wait a minute, that's not an alignment, you know, or what I was about to just fire off on some, you know, post on Facebook was not, that was a reaction. That wasn't a thought out response. That's going to be immortalized on social media forever. <laughs> so I think that's important. And again, I want to kind of keep coming this back. We could go all over the place, but I want to keep bringing this back. It doesn't have to do with money 
you know, money and massage therapist is again, you're talking about knowing who you are and what your purpose is. And that could be on a, a, a level of, you know, what your purpose is in your family, or, you know, what your purpose is maybe you have children or something, or maybe, you know, what your purpose is in your massage business, your massage practice. But there is that very like meta purpose of like, what are you doing on this planet? Which I think is a really important ontological question for people or existential question rather for people to answer is like, really, who are you and what are you doing here? Right? So once you get connected to that, then you can begin to look at how am I going to utilize the gifts that, that God has given me or the universe or spirit or source or whatever you want to call it. I don't care, but you know, how am I going to best utilize the gifts that I have in order to express who I am in the world. And that's when you do have to get down to the nitty gritty about running a business. And that's what I love to do is help people get really connected to what lights them up and then help them build a business around it because those are the most successful people are the people saying that what's that's what solves the whole greed and pressure and all stuff issue is look if you're passionate about something you're passionate about it nobody can tell you that it's not important to help people that are recovering from foot knee and ankle surgeries to to really heal faster that's that's you know and when i built my prenatal massage practice it was because i don't know why it just mattered to me how women were treated in pregnancy and birth you know after having two home births at the time i've had three home births now but two home births at the time that were so empowering and so different than what my friends had told me they had in the hospitals around here that I was just like, you know, it just really matters to me how women give birth. And I just got really passionate about it. And I wanted to empower pregnant women. And I thought, well, shit, I got tools as a massage therapist, may as well use those. And so I built a business around this mission that I was on to empower pregnant women. And it, it wasn't about, hey, there's a need in the market for a prenatal massage practice. It was like, no, I love pregnant women, but pregnancy and birth is amazing. I want to spread that mission. And my business became a platform for education of my purpose. And I would like people to think about that for a minute. like Because I think where we get stuck is when we are thinking about money and we're pretending we're not. You're struggling and you're like, I got to get clients in, but I can't make it look like I'm greedy because or desperate. But really, I am. <laughs> You know, well, and again, then it's not coming from a real place and people read bullshit. So like you said, might as well just put the cards on the table. You need money. Fine. So do we, we all need money. Don't pretend that you don't. And I think, I think that is a whole, that is part of the, like this new age, altruistic, healthy helperton crap that goes on in our industry, which is again, this idea that like money is not money is not, uh, it's not okay to want money. And I want to tell everyone it is actually perfectly fine to want money and money is awesome. You can do so many good things in the world with money and you can live the kind of life that you want to live when you have the resources to do it. And there is no nobility in suffering, you know, again, unless that's your religion, in which case, you know, go sit on a mountaintop, shave your head, wear the robes, do like take the poverty vows. That's cool. I have no problem with that. There's a lesson in that. But for me, as a single woman living in North America, who is the sole head of household for my three children, you know, I'm very passionate about living the life I want to live and helping other people to do the same, right? So, so again, I think that that's important for people to understand is that it's, it's actually the lack of money that makes you greedy and makes you weird with people. But once you actually have a system in place where you can thrive and you have your needs met and you're dealing with your numbers across the board, then you do actually have control in your life. You can thrive. That's a lot to take in, but I, I think you can correct me if I'm wrong. What I'm taking away from this is in order to change our money mindset, in order to 
tap into something that is, as you said, completely unconscious. We need to start with, you need to know who you are. You need to find your purpose on this planet and then use your passion and your gifts to eventually become successful and make money. And pretending that you don't need money is only going to make you appear desperate and greedy, which then cycles to less money. Exactly. And keeps you stuck. And I know we don't have the time, but like, there's that part of me too, is that I'm very much like on the ground. Let's create some shifts. Let's, let's create some, you know, breakthroughs. And I want to acknowledge, you know, we've talked a lot about money mindset and some different things to consider, and that doesn't get you freedom from it. You still have to do the work. And there are so many tools. There are so many, you know, the work of Byron Katie is one of my very, very favorite tools. I teach it to all of my, introduce it to all of my students. Uh, just, it's, it's an amazing thing. The law of attraction, um, you know, the just deliberate creation. Um, one of my favorite books is the power of your subconscious mind by Joseph Murphy. Um, the five second rule by Mel Robbins, uh, loving what is by Byron Katie. Um, you are a badass by Jen Sincero and you're a badass at making money. I mean, any of these like books that really like the law of attraction and these prosperity books are just are really actually about understanding that you create your reality. And if you are struggling, you created that at some level unconsciously. And that's good to know because you can uncreate it. And it takes dedication and persistence, but it is possible, you know, it's absolutely possible to build something that you love, make a living doing what you love, make a difference while you're making a living. And that's, I think, the most important thing that I want people to walk away from this with is that is that you do have the power to create whatever kind of life that you want. And once you get the information, you just got to know what you want. Yeah, You have to know what you want. And then you got to go do everything you can to get the tools that will get you there. Because just knowing it doesn't equal it. You know, you've got to cross that bridge. You've got to move to that next dimension of, of abundance and knowing that there truly is enough out there for everybody. There's no competition. This universe is totally abundant. And I just, I just want massage therapists to have that because, you know, as a crew, we're just such an amazing body of people that just really do want to give and really do want to help. And it's those barriers, you know, the confusion about numbers and money and things like that, that really do prevent us from giving our gifts. So that's really my intention is that people can get a little bit more, get permission to shine and give their gifts to the world and do the work that they need to do to free themselves up. Awesome. I love all of it. For anybody listening, because you said you're going to be, you're going to be doing some, some new stuff. How do people find you? Give us a link to some of your stuff. Yeah. So I do have a Facebook page. That's just Rebecca Overson. Uh, Maybe it's called Rebecca Overson Coaching, but I think if you just look for Rebecca Overson, you'll find my page. You can like my page, but the really the best way to connect with me is through my Facebook group. It's called The Art of Building a Successful Massage Practice. And it's got my picture on it, little, you know, so you can recognize me that way. But, um, and then my website is rockyourmassagepractice.com. And I have all the, the offerings and things that I do there. And I will soon be launching a YouTube channel. I have over two years of Facebook lives in that group that I'm about to, I'm, my team is editing. We're going to do closed captioning. We're going to provide transcripts. Like I just want to get all that. I just want to flood the earth with, you know, the things that I've been sharing privately in my Facebook group and just help people, just help as many people as I can in that way, you know? So I'm very excited about that. So stay tuned for that. Rebecca's YouTube channel (laughs) being launched. Love it. Well, and I think my favorite thing that we talked about today before we wrap up is the fact that whatever it is that you're passionate about, like you said, nobody can tell you that it's not important or nobody can tell you that there's no meaning in it. If that's what's important to you, then 
go for it. Like, I think it's fear that stops people from doing that. You look at, well, okay, can I really make money only, you know, working with pregnant women? Is, is there really a big market for that? And then you start looking at all the facts and blah, blah, blah. Stop it. If that's what's important to you, absolutely, you can make money doing that. And if you are full force into it and you're, everything you do is working toward that goal, then you're going to start attracting the people who see that you're really passionate about what you do. And I 100% believe that works. You just have to find what you're really passionate about, what you're really good at. And, you know, obviously, as you said, you still have to do the work. You know, I, I teach visualization, but it's important to tell people just visualizing something, just wanting something, positive thinking is not even close to enough to get you to where you want to be. But your mindset does have to change before you can start getting where you want to be. Yeah. And the passion and then building the structure around it so that it's not just a passion, but it's a profitable business. It's so important, but yeah, so many good threads that we wove there together today. I always love talking to you guys and I appreciate what you guys are doing out there in the world for, for body workers. So thank you for honoring what was in your heart and soul and, and just knowing like that your voice needs to be heard because it is heard and it is important what you guys are doing, what you have to say. So thank you for that. Thank you. It's always great having our friends from the States on. So uh, Rebecca from Utah, it's been grand. And I think you've got another meeting to get to as do we. So I guess we will wrap it up here unless you got anything else you want to That's talk about. That's a wrap. All right, everybody, you have been listening to Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. Have an awesome day.